Matthew chapter 13, if you have a Bible, verses 51 and 52, only two verses this morning, which may or may or not mean a shorter sermon. We'll see how that goes. This is the word of the Lord, beginning in verse 51. If you have your Bibles, it's page 970. Have you understood all of these things? The context, before I read this, the context is all the, we've been almost a month, I forget the exact week count, looking at the parables, these kingdom parables in Matthew 13. I hope they've been very meaningful for you. So we skipped a couple because there's a lot of repetition going on uh, that kind of repeat the same ideas. But here he's kind of summarizing, why don't he just tell all these parables, okay? Verse 51, he's kind of talking to his disciples here. Have you understood all of these things, all these parables? Yes, they replied. 52, he said to them, therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. It's the word of the Lord. So if you know the, the, the calendar is in the, the Hebrew scriptures, you have uh, the holiday Passover, and 50 days later there is the Feast of Weeks, what we know as Pentecost. Now, um, Pentecost essentially is the, the celebration of the first fruits of the year, of the first fruits of the harvest, of the spring harvest. So just looking forward to the further harvest that's going to come out through the year. If you're an agrarian society, you're, you're very excited for your first harvest because it means that you have food that year. I mean, it's hard for us because we, we go to the grocery store and there's just, there's endless supplies of food. You know, we complained during COVID when our Sprite style drink was suddenly not there, you know, but, but seriously, like they had a harvest, like we get to eat this year. This is awesome. Thank you. God, you gave us food again. This is great, right? But there's something unique about these kind of events, you know, these, what we call holidays, uh, you know, where the word holiday, holiday came from, if you break it in half, holy day, right? These sacred events that, for example, in this instance, in these societies, they would pause and they would say, we have fruit this year. We can remember last year. On this day, we celebrated the same thing. We had the first fruits of the season. The year before, the same exact thing. But you know what's great about these kind of events is every year, you know, there was not the same fruit grown twice, right? Not the same, you know, grain of wheat grown twice. It was something new, even if it was familiar every single year. It was just this kind of repetition of something old that was still bringing about something new. It was the memories of past times that God provided and while enjoying the new ways today that he is providing. Sometimes it's not easy to remember the past, um, the whole book of Deuteronomy, if you were to read it in the Old Testament, there's a common phrase that's repeated, uh, I forget how many times, I think it's in the dozens realm, it's the word remember. To remember what God has done, to remember the past, remember how you got here, 
right? Remembering is like an anchor, right? You're kind of throwing your anchor down in something solid and firm and saying, yeah, I love recalling what God has done in my past because I recognize that's how I got here today. And it's very important, especially in Israel's case in the Old Testament, to remember, oh yeah, God did deliver us from Egypt. He did break the yoke of slavery. He did provide us a way by painting blood over the doorposts to escape that angel of death and thus be saved. He did part away in the Red Sea. Oh yeah, he, he did choose us and he did save us. He did give us the law. He did appear on Mount Sinai. Yeah, he, he has been with us because in Deuteronomy 32, I'll read these scriptures, right? It should be on the screen behind us here. It says, remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you, your elders and they will tell you. When the Most High gave nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God, but Yahweh, but the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. He's saying, just remember these things, my people. Remember these things, lest you lose sight of the now, lest you feel that today, somehow I might not be here, or something different might be happening. Remember, I have worked in the past. You see, our past stories, if we go to us as individuals here, they provide an identity. We think of our past in the sense of who our family was, who our parents or who our caretakers are or were, our origins, right? Where you came from and what happened to us throughout those crucial formative years. Yet for a God who is still alive, who is still working, for the God who sent his spirit to this earth to continue actively pursuing and speaking and calling and transforming, God is not only a God who worked yesterday, but a God who also works today. Those first fruits of the harvest, new fruit, just like last year, just like the buds we see on the trees here, just like the year before, there's still new buds. There's still a fresh bud coming out, right? God is still actively working even today. Um, I, I have this different times in my life where I had like an anchor thrown down as well. Uh, nine years ago, we, we attempted a home birth, not knowing that somehow in the last final weeks, my son James had turned upside down and um, it didn't quite uh, go as according to plan at the home, but we almost got there at least. But in the process of the 12 hours of being in our home with the midwives and, um, you know, my wife panting and just, you know, painfully working through the process, I was, of course, being as helpful as possible through reading a book. I didn't know what to do. I stopped. I wasn't like, you know, ignoring the situation. There was like multiple women there who were experts where I'm like, they definitely know better than me. So I want to like get water and help, but I'm also going to read because I was stressed out too. Like I was stressed out, okay? So I was reading a book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It was a biography and um, it was his life story. It was at the very end, okay? If you know this guy's story, it's fascinating, really encourage you to go read about him. One of the more interesting Christian, you know, figures in the 20th uh, century. He was killed in a concentration camp for many reasons. Go check it out. It's very fascinating. Hitler actually ordered specifically his death. But as Bonhoeffer walked to the gallows, someone close by heard him say before he died, he said, this is the end, but for me, it's the beginning of my life. 
I put down the book, considering the, the, the birth of my child, the beginning of life, considering James has a whole life. He's, not even, he's about to come into this world, and he, you know, he, he turned out to be a really silly kid, just like him flipping upside down in the womb. It just all matches his personality. Like, you know, he, he has a whole life ahead of him, and I was thinking about his future, what it will look like, and how God does give life today, but in the midst of even of the birth of a child, there's still some kind of greater life that is available for us even after and even on the return of Christ. And I just kind of can't really explain what happened. I put down the book. I just started praying and started weeping, thinking about all these things going on. It was just this mess massive, intimate, worshipful moment that I was having in the corner with my wife pacing and struggling and in pain. And I was like, I'm just worshiping. This is great over here. I'm like, I know her pain was holy in its own way, right? But I'll never forget that moment, right? I'll never forget that time that I met Jesus on that very special night. Many of you in this room could think of a similar story where God met you in a way that just, it was some kind of encounter where when it was over, you're like, I'm never going to forget what just happened. Like a part of me just kind of changed. I'm not going to forget that. I see some of you nodding in this room. Like you have some of those stories even in your own life. Those are treasures. Those are old treasures. Even if it happened yesterday or 50 years ago, those are, those are old treasures. But treasures to be sure Treasures are when God worked in our lives. And we hold on to those things as memories that, that are really helpful even in uh, present times. God wanted Israel to remember their past, the past ways in which God worked and saved. But we know that he is not done working. I want you to remember the ways that God has past worked in your life. But the mor- this morning, the call is going to be that Jesus is not done that there are old treasures, but as we saw in this, we're seeing this text, there's new treasures that are coming out as well in your life, in the life of your family, in the life of this church. I don't know and I cannot exactly tell you what that work will look like, but there's a promise to made in Scripture that there is new treasures coming, and Jesus is not done with you. So let's look into our text really briefly this morning. Jesus concludes all of these parables with very, a very simple, almost, it's kind of like a parable, not quite, you know. It's almost like a, you know, Aesop fable or something. But uh, it's very profound, right? Verse 51, he says, have you understood all of these things? And they say, yes. Um, that's good because there's some of those things we read this week that I'm still scratching my head over. Um, but there's some encouraging there because, you know, we, we, we covered earlier in this, in this time in these kingdom parables that, you know, there was just some confusion to be found. And it, sometimes if you're still confused by Jesus, you know, there is moments of clarity and understanding. So at least that verse, we can pull that out and say, oh, there are times we can like really understand and say, yeah, I get it. That's good. Be encouraged by that right? But he continues on. He says, if you get it, if you guys understand, like basically the things I've been talking about concerning this kingdom of God that is inbreaking within my ministry, Jesus says, if you get it, then know this, assuming that they're going to be sharing this and teaching this to others, what they've been hearing. He says this, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. 
A skilled teacher in the law says Jesus is one who is like the master of a home, who has a very generous storeroom, and there's all sorts of goodies in there, stuff from a long time ago and brand new stuff today. It's like uh, watching an episode of American Pickers. Anybody like American Pickers? Watch that show. Is that still on TV? I don't know. It is? Yeah, cool. It's like watching that show and then right afterwards watching like a Elon Musk Tesla kind of presentation of the newest model, you know, uh, Tesla car. So here's a slide behind us. I want you to consider this. One picture there is from the Ford Model T for 1917. Okay? That's an old treasure. If you found that like in your, cutting your grass, if you lived in like Georgia or something and cut your grass and you found one of those, um, you'd be like, whoa, cool, I found a truck, right? Treasure. That's a thing down south, by the way, that happens. <laughs> Sorry. You gotta make fun of your own people, right? It's all right. Um, the other one is a brand new Tesla Cybertruck. Looks like a spaceship or something, right? You can look at that and see some similarities. Clearly one is old, clearly one is new. Both are treasures out in, in their own right. Jesus is trying to point us toward kind of the content of his message, something like this, right? There's some beautiful old stuff that the kingdom of heaven is bringing in. It's, it's resurfacing, but there's also some brand new stuff that's going to blow your mind as well. Like both are coming to the surface and the kingdom of heaven, the message is, is, is bringing both of these things essentially together as this good news is being presented. Why is this important? Well, some people accuse Jesus, if you read the Gospels, that he, that he was ignoring the Hebrew Scriptures, that he was ignoring you know, the law of Moses and just preaching something entirely new. Matthew 5, 17, he was clear. He says, no, 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 I didn't come to abolish the law. Like, those are, that's an old treasure. No, 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 I came to actually fulfill the law. And fulfill indicates something new is happening to, to something old, right? Old and new kind coming together. Jesus was known to sum, sum up the, the law very clearly and succinctly by saying, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's a summary of this whole thing, right? He didn't reject the Hebrew scriptures. He didn't turn his back on Israel's history, the history of God's work in this world, right? He even once taught about Abel, you know, Adam and Eve's son. I mean, he was steeped in the history of God's work within this world. But something important to know is that as he was steeped in it, he claimed something crazy. He said all of those stories, they're actually kind of culminating and pointing towards me, which is a very crazy claim. It's like me claiming something, you know, Shakespeare wrote 500 years ago. It's like, oh, he was writing about me, right? I mean, imagine hearing Jesus say that. Like, you can't blame people for thinking he was crazy. It's like, you're telling me these prophets that wrote something centuries ago, like they knew you? He's like, yeah, yeah. And John 8, he says, Abraham actually looked forward to my day, and he was glad. And people are like, oh, you knew Abraham who lived a thousand years ago? Okay, crazy man. You kind of can't blame people, right, for thinking he was crazy, because if he's lying, then he was crazy, unless he was the God, man, and flesh. Then we should listen to what he's saying. In a very famous story after his resurrection, he was very clear when he was walking with two people who were just kind of confused about this man who died on the cross, there's rumors about he's raised from the dead, and Jesus kind of appears next to them. And he's like, what are you guys talking about? It's kind of a really funny story. 
and they don't quite recognize him yet. And you know, there's a little verse here. And it says in Luke 24, 27, he says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, in other words, beginning in the beginning of our Bibles, on in the Old Testament, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Old stuff, centuries, centuries old, right? But as Jesus taught about the kingdom of God, it was a continuation of God's work in this world. It wasn't separate, right? And just a little encouragement, know those books in the Old Testament. I mean, sometimes there's some hard stuff in there. Be steeped yourself, like read those books. If you have questions, yeah, ask me or some. I don't know if I have all the answers, but there's some beautiful things in there. Don't ignore those books, right? But Jesus also said that this master of the house, okay, he's pulling out his Tesla Cybertruck, indicating that there is a still new things to come while pulling out his Ford 1917 model, okay? And the whole idea here is really found in Isaiah 48. We've read these scriptures before. I'm going to read them one more time here, okay? Because they should have been anticipating a new work of God, a new and fresh work of God. Listen to this prophecy from Isaiah, 700 years before Christ. He said this, The former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth, and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them, and they came to pass. Because I know that you are obstinate, your neck is an iron sinew, your forehead brass. I declared them to you from old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you, lest you should say, my idol did them, my carved image, my metal image commanded them. In other words, he's saying, you know the ways that I've worked. I even told you ahead of time what I was going to do, so you knew it was me, because you were being deceived by these false gods. But you know what I've done in the past. Verse 6, you've heard all of this. Now see all of this. And will he not declare it? And here's the key part here. From this time forth, I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. They are created now, not long ago, before today. You have never heard them, lest you should say, behold, I knew them. You have never heard. You have never known. From of old, your ear has not been opened. For I knew that you would surely deal treacherously, that from before birth you were called a rebel. God speaking to Israel, he, he's, he's in, in their mind to be all these stories that we've already talked about of their past. He goes, you know, Egypt and the Red Sea parting. Yes, you remember these things, but there's something new happening. Are your ears open? Because you might miss it if you keep looking backwards. Like, you, you remember, sure, but keep your ears open. Keep your eyes awake. I'm doing something you've never even heard of before. It may just kind of broadside you in an unexpected way. Are you awake? Are you paying attention, my people? There's something new about to dawn upon you. And see, when we think of this message, we look forward, we see Christ some centuries, 700 years later. The cross of Christ presents us with such a unique message. There's no other religion that provides such a message because the cross of Christ, it, it becomes this umbrella that covers past and present and also looks forward to the future and is a brand new work that fulfills what Isaiah was looking at. You see, the death of Christ is the payment of sins, sins past and also sins present. That cross then represents God's intervention in human history thousands of years ago from our time that provides a covering for you even today. Grace upon grace is given 
in the present when we stumble and yet fail again. And as John says, he's always faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us when we confess. Yet Christ doesn't have to keep dying to forgive. His death covered all sin. The moment you confess your sins to Christ, even for the very first time, all of these failures and misdeeds and shortcomings, even the worst of the worst, regardless of how dark or minor they are, they are cast away as far as the east is from the west. They're simply gone. We often still, though, live in our failures. We let that replay in our minds like a broken tape, just over and over, our shortcomings. And we let it play so many times that we, even after knowing Christ, we try to still, with the work of Satan, we can assume the accuser, as his name literally means, that that is us. That those failures and shortcomings are actually who we are, even still today. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 is, is so clear that that person is actually dead. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Like a present sense. Like it's actually happened, you're a new creation, but you're still becoming a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. The past has been dealt with. Your past has been dealt with in Christ. When you think of your past, Right? You get to rejoice in one and one thing only that Christ has forgiven you, cleansed you, saved you, giving you a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. You get the idea. It keeps going. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Your past has a new definition, not of one of failure, but one of cleansing. It's like an etch a sketch. It was all dark and grayed out with marks all over it, right? That's your past. But in Christ, he gets it and, you know, it's clear, it's gone. And when you think it gets set up again, you're just like, give me that, shakes it again. It's gone. It's a clean blank. It's a clean slate. Every time you pray for forgiveness, it gets shaken up. Clean slate every single time. But thankfully, that's not the fullness of the good news, right? We just kind of hinted at it a minute ago. We often talk of the gospel and we kind of stop there. Jesus died for your sins. Yes, he died. But something really important happened after he died. Something absolutely very important that would, if that didn't happen, the cross is meaningless, right? Jesus died to forgive you of your sins, yes, but he didn't stay dead, right? He didn't just forgive you. He didn't just die for your sins, The gospel of the kingdom brings out these fresh new treasures because the grave didn't stay closed. The gospel of the kingdom brings out fresh treasures of the resurrection, of new life. That is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, the old has passed away, but behold, the new has come. Jesus came up from the grave, and we ourselves come up from ours, even today. When we started, we mentioned how the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, was how Israel celebrated the first fruits of the new harvest. The old gray months of winter had left. Slowly, slowly, spring is coming. Sundays like today, we we doubt spring will show up. It will show up one day. We see flowers coming, right? Spring pushing itself deep into the doldrums of winter, the warm piercing through, 
buds blossoming, the seedlings growing, the first fruits of a new harvest coming, new food, right? That's what Israel was celebrating in their Feast of Weeks at Pentecost, a new harvest God has provided again. This was 50 days after Passover when they remembered that blood painted over their doorposts in Egypt when God kept them from an angel of death, when he kept them, delivered them from the clutches of Pharaoh. But you know what happened? When Jesus died, of course, Passover weekend, fulfilling Passover, you know what happened 50 days after, the, um, <clears throat> after his resurrection? All these early Christians were in Jerusalem. They were celebrating the Feast of Weeks with the rest of the crowd in that city. God sent his spirit down unto his people. And there's a reason why Paul calls the spirit in Romans 8, 23, the Holy Spirit, he says, are the first, the Holy Spirit is the first fruits, right, of the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's the first glimpse of what we get, our eternal inheritance. It's the first kind of fruit of that that came down to us. Usually the fruit would come up from the earth, but on this special day of Pentecost, the first fruits actually came down unto his people and it broke into this world before the fullness of the harvest has come we have today received the first fruits of heaven through the presence of the holy spirit given today and that is pentecost the spirit fills us and changes our hearts renews our minds fills us with the heart and the mind of christ convicts us of sin empowers us to minister to others it continually changes us and changes us and changes us more and more into the image of Christ. And if he is in you, he will never depart from you. That is the new treasure of the kingdom, friends. It is the active work of God in your life today. Um, as we're on the back end of our sermon this morning, there's a couple of things. I, one thing I try to actually intentionally do to kind of help you guys understand this, we'll start with our church. We have, you know, it's been, I don't know how many months now, in our lobby area, our welcome center kind of area. We have some new things up on the wall. Hopefully you guys have read them and not just walked by them. Hopefully you're getting used and familiar with those phrases. But I tried my best, understanding kind of these things, to present a little mini story as you're walking through that hallway. You know this church, you know, is old. It's been here for 150 plus years. There's a little story that you can see. You first walk and you see a, a gray bench on your left and you see three kind of red vinyl little signs there. That bench, I, from what you can gather, it's one of the original benches from our building in the, that was built in the 1800s, right? That's one of the first benches in our old building from downtown. And above you see a picture of the old building. You see, a, you see an early kind of artist drawing of this sanctuary before it was even built, you know. And then you see a picture from just, I think, a year ago or so. But the idea is if you're walking down the hallway and you see those old pictures leading up to something new today, that old bench, right, and our new mission statement, our new vision that we want to do here as a church, the idea is that you are, you are walking in that story today. You are walking in a story that has a lot of old treasure beautiful old treasure but as you walk you see a new vision statement a new mission statement and little letters above us is where we've come from where we're going now and how we're going to get there the idea is you're, you're carrying out God's work here in this church was going on for a very long time into something new and he's saying get the old treasures here but boy I got some new treasures too for this church and I have you walking down this hallway to remind yourself God has me here like I'm in this story in this church 
right? Like, I'm playing a part here. He's like, yes, be a part. Like, I got new treasure for Wilmington through you. You want to play a part. I want you guys to see that. In the back end here, some things I can't guarantee. The idea of all the new treasures of the kingdom means that perhaps we should expect the future work of God in this church to not be the same as the old. Okay, I, have a, I want to pull up that slide again of those two trucks one more time. If you just look closely, okay, there's similarities here. Wheels, both have steering wheels, both have doors, windows, all right, truck bed, but clearly they're different, okay? Now, could that brand new truck have existed, that cyber truck existed without somebody, you know, 100 plus years ago building that very early primitive version of a truck? Well, no. That Tesla has been built on generations of people constantly working at and improving upon what was created, which was this early truck. It's an entirely different machine, but clearly has, you know, similarities of what came before. Sometimes we might miss the work of God in our lives because we look back at the old work and we say that, like whatever that was, I want that to happen again. Like I want to read that Bonhoeffer biography and just have that moment where he just like meets me and like I feel like my, my life is like going before my eyes and I'm just like some kind of crazy just encounter with God. Like I want that, that moment again. And he's like, That's, that was a good moment. But hold on to that, but don't live there because I'm, I'm still here with you. Like, I, I'm, I'm still present. I, you're in a whole different stage of life. I'm living in a whole different state now. James is nine years old this year, right? I'm almost 10 years older than I was then. Like, there's a whole lot else that's going on in my life. He's like, I, I'm doing something else right now. Like, I'm working right now in your life. Are you willing to look at that? It might look so different. It might be very different, but just like those two trucks, it may just kind of rhyme in some ways, but it may be very different. My plea for you this morning is to keep your eyes open and your, your ears open and your heart humble enough to say, Lord, what, what do you have? What is this new treasure you have for me? Even if it's just a really big challenging thing that is just unexpected and very different, what is it that you have for me? Um, I, I want to challenge you to have a holy unrest this morning. A holy unrest with who you are today. I want you to have a holy unrest in the sense of saying, I, I'm happy the word the Lord has brought me. But I refuse to hit cruise control and just kind of sit back and pull the seat back and put one arm on the wheel and just kind of go forward. Like, I don't want that. I want to assume that if the Spirit of God is here and this resurrection is, is true, right, and he's given me new life, that he is still giving me new life. And there is still a fresh work to be done. There is still something new for me to partake in through this. He still wants to change me and to empower me and to grow me. I want to assume this is true. And so don't be just content where things are. Say, God, push me, challenge me, empower me. Open my eyes to see where and what you would have me to do today. This is the message of the kingdom. It is not one that is complete. The work is not done until Christ himself and his feet hit this earth one more time. Until that moment happens, friends, there is work to do. Bring out those old treasures. I want to hear those stories. I mean, they're inspiring. 
but God wants to bring new treasures through you as well. Don't try to survive off the goodness of yesterday. It's almost like, you know, having those hot coals in the fireplace and just saying like, I'll just keep blowing the hot coals and getting some warmth from that like in my heart. There's only so much warmth that can come from that. And God's like, I have like a whole bundle here of this like kiln dried hardwood. And like, I just kind of want to throw it on those coals and I want to have a whole new fire come out. It's going to be built on what's happened, but can I do this? Like, are you going to let me just kind of put the wood on? It's going to burn up quick and a fire's going to burst. Like, are you ready? Like, I want to do this in you. Stop blowing those coals and just let me put the wood on, right? This is what the Spirit of God wants us to do uh, today. So as we close today, I'm going to pray for you in this room to be aware that God's Spirit is with you today, that He is a dynamic God. That means He is now moving, that He is now at work, that He has not abandoned you. I don't know how he wants to let you know of his presence in your life today. I don't know how he wants to do that. Um, he tends to do things very differently when it comes to our uh, experiences, hearing from God and listening and having an encounter with him. It tends to be different for a lot of us, sometimes similar, right? But he knows you better than you know yourself. This is when we see Jesus treating people differently and how he spoke to them and how he ministered to them because he knew exactly what their heart needed. He knows what your heart needs this morning. He knows the words that he needs to speak to kind of start breaking through if he needs to into deeper and deeper places in your heart. I want to give him just space this morning, just a few minutes. I'm gonna call uh, Derek up if I can. Actually, the whole worship team can come up at this time. I'm going to have Derek just play some light, just piano here. And we're just going to take a minute or two as you're sitting here in this room. And I want you to just consider this old and new treasure. Consider your life. Consider your story. Consider where you are right now in life, right? And if you are a Christian this morning, I want you to just have an open prayer to say, God, like, what, what do you have for me? Like, how can I be further transformed into your image, Right? Where do I need deeper transformation? Is there people in my life that I need to just go head first into and, and, and befriend and to love and to minister to that they may meet you and find you? Is there something, you, a step you would have me to do, to take that I'm super uncomfortable with, but I just need to step out in faith and just do it? Do I need to write a really huge check this morning? It's going to hurt because you're asking me to just be generous in ways that I really don't want to be. I don't know what it might be, right? Maybe there's a family that you know is in need that you just need to dump all that money onto just to go bless them and help them. Like, I don't know. But I want to give a few minutes here, just about two minutes or so, of just a little piano and just you sitting and praying. And so we're going to start that time now. Jesus, I ask in the next just minute or two, as awkward as it may be just to sit still, Lord, in our times of, you know, modern times of just constant go, go, go. Lord, I ask for all the old treasures in these people's hearts and lives to be surfaced, just good memories. But Lord, would you also surface new treasures that you would have them do, Lord?
As we close this time, we're going to have one more song, and as usual, people will be available for prayer. I encourage you to come forward if you need it. If you need to be ministered to this morning, come forward. If you need to grab somebody next to you this morning, grab them where you're seated. If you just need to stand and just worship, then just worship or stay seated. Whatever you need to do this morning, only pray that um, the Spirit has spoken into your heart and that there's a willingness to respond this morning. Thank you. Give me one pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. Jesus, give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you. Give me one, give me one pure and holy passion. Magnificent obsession Jesus, give me one Glorious ambition for my life To know and follow hard after you To know and follow To grow as your disciple in the truth This world is empty, pale and poor Compared to knowing you, my Lord Lead me on This world is empty, pale, and poor Compared to knowing you, my Lord Lead me As we close this morning, I want to read a prayer. This is uh, an ancient prayer. I think it's been at least 1200 AD it was written. And uh, it's an old Latin prayer. Uh, the title simply means come Holy Spirit. And it's a good summary of the things we've spoken of. So I'm going to read this. I encourage you to close your eyes and, and pray this with me. 
Come, thou Holy Spirit, come. And from your heavenly home shed a ray of light divine. Come, thou source of all of our store. Come within our hearts, shine. You of comforters, the best. You, the soul's most welcome guest. Sweet refreshment here on earth. In our labor, rest most sweet. Grateful coolness from the heat. Solace in the midst of woe. O most blessed light divine, shine within our hearts and in our inmost being, fill. Where we are not, we have, where you are not, we have nothing. Nothing good in deed or thought, nothing free from stain or illness comes from ourselves. Lord, heal our wounds, our strength renew on our dryness. Lord, pour your dew. Wash the stains of our guilty conscience away. Bend the stubborn heart and will. Lord, would you melt any frozen that may be standing in this room. Warm those who walked in these doors cold this morning. Guide the steps of those who may be astray in this room. On the faithful who adore and confess you, you evermore in the fullness of your gifts descend. Give them righteousness, sure reward. Give them your salvation. Lord, give them the joy that never ends. Come, O Holy Spirit. Amen.